thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Oh, I've never done one of those myself. Always wanted to. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this episode. I'm Harriet Mullen, your host. Welcome back. Now, this is going to be episode four with another fantastic guest. And I hope you've been loving this season so far. On today's episode, I get to chat to someone who's been absolutely smashing their career since they graduated. Only two years ago, may I add, and during a pandemic. She's an absolute superstar and definitely one to watch. So without further ado, here's episode four with the beautiful and talented Chloe Saunders. Hello everyone and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, your host, Harriet Mullen. Now today on the podcast, I have a very beautiful face staring back at me. We have the ultimate triple threat, a girl I just knew would be a star. I'm not joking. I am psychic. I do like to think of myself as a bit of a witch, but she has something very, very special about her. And I've actually mentioned her in a couple of my podcasts when talking about graduates who are ones to watch. So please give it up for singer, dancer, actress, the beautiful and ultra talented Chloe Saunders. Oh my god, Harriet, that was amazing. You're welcome. I might record, have it as my alarm every morning. <laughs> do it, do it. I can send it to you separately. It's so lovely to see you today. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. All good. And I'm very upset that Chloe isn't in Liverpool because I said we could have done a live recording together, but maybe we'll have to do that part two yeah, one time. Definitely. I just knew I wanted to interview you because. It's so, obviously, it's so difficult in the industry when people are looking at drama schools and thinking, you know, am I going to make it in this career? Am I going to work? And I think it's great to celebrate someone who has worked since she has graduated. Wait for it, listeners. Um, When did you graduate, Chloe? It was 2020. So it was the COVID, COVID time. COVID graduation. I mean, it hasn't made any difference on your career. Um, but what was that like graduating in in COVID? It was it wasn't what I imagined like when I first started college I thought like you paint a picture of what it'll be like and then um, it just all snowballed into nothingness really like third year was so fun and so exciting so many things going on and then it was just like right everyone go home like that was it so like me and my flatmates at the time, we were like, oh my God, surely we'll be back next week. And then we were never back, like never went back to Ireland then. So it was just, it was strange, but yeah, I think it forced people to learn in a different way, like on Zoom and making connections with people that they probably wouldn't have met just because of online classes and stuff. So it was good and bad, mainly bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And an experience that nobody had lived through or, Mm. or experienced before. So it was just like a learning curve, I suppose, for everybody and nobody knew how to deal with it. And so difficult, I think, especially for 
you guys who are in your final year because it's so important to have that graduation showcase that final show where you can invite agents you can invite managers mm-hmm. and it's a massive networking opportunity but it doesn't seem to have hindered your career so I'm going to do a uh, a little anecdote now and as I mentioned <laughs> I've known Chloe since about December 2018 and um, I actually have a great story. I was in John Lewis getting euros, I think it was, or dollars and I met your auntie. And she was like, yeah, my, my niece is, um, is a performer. And I, I hadn't put the two and two together. She's like, yeah, she was at Erdang. And I was thinking in my head, oh, I know a great girl from Erdang. I know Chloe Saunders. And she was like, yeah, that's my niece. <laughs> oh, how weird is that? It's such so a coincidence. Weird. I know, so weird. So let's talk about your credits. So obviously, you know, you graduated about two years ago during a pandemic, but you've recently made your West End debut in Elf at the Dominion Theatre covering Jovi, which you actually went on for. Amazing. Yes. And we'll talk about your West End debut next. You also covered Julie Jordan in Carousel at Kilworth House Theatre and you played Val Clark in A Chorus Line at Leicester Curve and as I mentioned was leading lady in Ghost in one of your final year shows. Obviously always covering (laughs) or playing a leading lady but how amazing. So Chloe let's talk about that West End debut. What was the phone call like or the email like when you were confirmed for that job? Well, it was it was 50-50 because um, obviously when he said, well, you've got Elf, I was just thrilled, like literally couldn't believe it. And then um, at the same time, my sister's wedding was literally on the same dates as Elf and it was abroad. So I was like, yay about Elf. And then I was like, oh my God, my sister's wedding. So it was just like a, it was like a slap in the face both ways. But um, yeah, it was... It was absolutely amazing. But um, once I spoke to my family and like we come to a decision that can't miss that opportunity, it was just, it was just amazing. I couldn't believe it. It was like first day rehearsals. I was like, oh my God, like mm. it was such a big production. Um, it was just surreal. It was so good. That must have been so difficult because I know you're so close to your sister. Yeah, they they totally got it. Um, and like I got to watch my sister's wedding on FaceTime and it was fine and then in the dressing room like the girls in the dressing room got me like Mickey ears because it was in their wedding was Disney so they the girls in the dressing room got me like little Mickey ears and confetti and stuff to throw like whilst watching it on FaceTime so it was really that is special in its own way yeah it was it was great oh that is so sweet how amazing to get married at Disney my gosh oh my god (laughs) I know that is so lovely so let's talk about your audition process for this particular role obviously you covered the leading female role um when you were auditioning was it for that role or was it for ensemble or what what was what was the process like uh so it was the first round was a dance call and it was just like a general um a general call like I think it was just up for ensemble and then, then when you got through that, it was like a little singing call and you sang your own song. Uh, and then after that is when it, I think they started to decide who, who they wanted to see for what track and whatever. And that's when I started like learning the Jovi stuff. And it wasn't like a, 
crazy audition process it wasn't too long it was it was a lovely lovely audition like the room was so nice I really enjoyed it and um the material is so fun yeah so yeah it, it was good it was very good and did you know going into it what part you were potentially up for or was it just like you said as the rounds went on they started to consider different people for, for different roles um I think having like looked at the show and listened to the songs and stuff you kind of get a gist of what you think you're right for and um I uh, I just thought well oh, I like that song and I feel like I could see myself doing that and yeah I love covering so it's when they said that I was like great perfect and that's something that I think is is really sort of not spoken about is the fact that you love covering like there is there is that extra skill that some people have where they love to be an understudy or a swing or a cover Mm. they love that added challenge and obviously from you know looking at at your cv and seeing that you've also covered you know julie and carousel as well i think that's something that's almost like not spoken about before you get into the real world i Mm. say in inverted commas that being a cover might be an opportunity for you. Because when I was in year six, I was the understudy in Pinafore Pirates and I was pissed off. (laughs) I got one night and the other girl got three. (laughs) And I was not happy about it because I was like, I'm the understudy. And then when you get into the creative industry, it's like, oh my God, I'm first cover. Yeah, it's so, it's got a funny like rep. I think think it's the same as swing. I think when people don't understand what it is like what like a swing is or like how important covers are I think it's easy for people who maybe aren't in the industry or whatever to be like oh but you're just that but it's it's Mm. really not that like swings are just their brains are ridiculous yeah they are so and it is such a challenge even though covering say I've only ever covered one role at a time that like that's it hurts my brain like so it's such a challenge and I I do really love that side of it amazing I think it's great to talk about it positively because I've covered and I absolutely love as well the extra challenge of once you've got your first track down yeah then got to learn another one and then oh my god when you go on as your cover track you're so used to doing another track that it's just it's, it's like a real kind of like a puzzle for the mind, mm-hmm. but I also think it keeps the show so fresh. So tell me what was, what was it like? Cause I know, obviously I mentioned you obviously got to go on as Jovi. What was yeah. that day? Like, did you know you were going on or was it due to sickness in the cast or was it planned? Yeah. Um, it was due to sickness. Um, so it was quite, it was just last minute, but we'd done quite a lot of cover rehearsals. So I felt ready to go on. I was just kind of waiting for the chance to to come for me to do it. Um, And then, yeah, I found out in the morning and I was actually, I was in the gym trying to be really good. I was like, right, I'll do a workout, sort myself out. And it saved me from the workout. So I straight away got the call and then was like, woo, ran to the theatre, was doing like costume, sorting, you know, just sorting things out. And then Simon, who was Buddy, he went through the lines with me like just did like a quick run through because there's a lot of comedy in it and it's it was kind of like um you've got to know the rhythm so I think he wanted to just make sure that I, mm. I knew his like what he was going to do um 
and yeah it was it was just crazy and then they were all like oh you go in your own dressing room and I was like what no so I just I was I just stayed in my dressing room with everyone I was like this this feels weird I did that with Scylla I I actually was like why would I not be in my normal dressing room but then I got told that because you have to have the wigs fitted and everything and there's so many costumes it's actually more work for the costume and the hair team that you're not in the the solo dressing room yeah I know because I was like I'm not gonna go I'll see you guys I'm going to the main room (laughs) I know because all like um the wiggies and like um stuff like oh so will you be in here or will you be in there and I was like I don't I don't even know what I'm doing I don't know what you're meant to do okay. but yeah it was so good I was I was really nervous but it was I was just so excited to finally go on as the part it was it was so cool and did you manage to get people to come and watch because I don't think people realize understudies literally go on with like hours of notice yeah. um I got my well my boyfriend came to watch in the evening and then my friend came to watch the afternoon um but my family were all still in Florida for my sister's wedding so they couldn't watch but yeah um it was great that I could get them two to come oh amazing it's so exciting so exciting what was opening night like for you opening on you know one of the biggest west end stages the dominion theater what was that like was it as exciting as the jovi debut or was it just a different type of feeling um i think my track that i did i actually thought it was i had so much fun on it because it was like we'd just like be laughing constantly not on stage but like well in the in the show, we'd be, it was just the, the funnest thing ever. Like we we'd be running around like on our knees in these little elf costumes in the opening, and it was just we had just to be looking around like, what is my life like? I'm literally running on my knees across this huge stage. Like so, it was just so good. Um, I think in that show you have more fun ensemble wise, I think, than mm-hmm. as the parts because it can get quite like lonely because like. I feel like the leads have so much going on in their own thing and their scenes are at separate times to like the dance numbers. So you, you don't have the same atmosphere. So I think it was, I probably had more fun as the ensemble track on that opening night because I think I was that nervous for the Jovi one. It, it was just a blur. So you've done obviously three very different shows, including Ghost, four. Ghost, Carousel, Chorus Line, Elf. I mean, so different. Do you have a favourite between them? I think I love them all, like, for their own thing. I think my favourite songs to sing were, like, the Ghost ones. But that was in college, so I feel like it's it was just its own little thing. But um, and my favourite part was Val in a Chorus Line because it was just so fun and creative because it was a whole new it was a whole revival of it so we got to think about the songs and the text differently to say how it was done before so it was just so creative and so cool so we're gonna play a little game now and we're gonna play would you rather so cool. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. It's a quick fire round. Sing, dance or act first? I think it depends on the show. I think if it's a dance heavy show, I'd like to dance first. 
because then the singing's like just a, an additional little surprise like to do with I think that's that's fun and then um if it's more of a singy heavy show then singing first I think just whatever is more, most important for that show show that first do you have a discipline that you are most confident in I think singing I'm I'm most confident in I, I have danced since I was like four but I don't know why I've just always felt um I've always been like oh I'm not I'm not like good enough of a dancer to call myself I, if you I can see my gonna... face right now anyone <laughs> listening what Chloe you're an amazing dancer what are you talking about I was just about to say to you you must go into a dance school like oh I've got this how can you say that you're amazing <laughs> no I, don't, I think actually I don't I don't know whether I don't really know what I mean by that I think I mean more I feel more like I can breathe and calm down when I'm when I sing mm-hmm. and then dancing I think it's just like if they go triple pirouette and then maybe that day and just not feeling it it's it frustrates me more than singing I think that's what I mean I can't mm. even do half a pirouette Chloe <laughs> so maybe on a day I when they say when they say triple pirouette I'll just go I'm just having one of those days where I can't do a triple today okay so sorry um and also a day where I can't do a double or a single it's so interesting though that you've said that about breathing because I just think dance calls are manic and it's so it's so calming to me to hear somebody who I consider an extremely talented dancer saying that even they think you know, I'd rather do a singing call because it gives me time to breathe because mm-hmm. it just goes to show how hectic those calls are and how oh, yeah. quickly they teach it and how much they expect from you at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. It's really, 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 I think, comforting to me and also to so many listeners that somebody who is so talented in that area feels the same as, you know, somebody who who isn't as highly trained as you, you know? Obviously, I'm highly skilled. I've got an asterisk next to dancer on my spotlight, but you know. Oh, Harriet. <laughs> but yeah, I just think that like dance calls can be so, they just stress me out so much because I think there's so many people there and it feels more, um, not desperate, but you, mm. you feel like you have to prove yourself more than who you are. Like you have to go overboard and that's not really what you want to be doing because you just feel you just feel like not yourself then if you're trying to push yourself to the front or you're trying to like stand out from this person next to you or whatever it's just a weird unnatural feeling I think Mm. whereas singing at least you're on your own you can just be like this is me like I don't have to be this big personality when you maybe not you can just be yourself definitely it's almost quite gladiator like I think some dance calls cut through yeah very very much so um would you rather audition for a dancer or a singer role I think I'd rather audition for the singer role um yeah I think the the dance role um I don't know I feel like there's there's more that can go wrong if if you have like I say a dance solo to a singing solo there's just so many limbs that can go wrong whereas your voice (laughs) it's just your voice (laughs) Oh, fantastic. On that note about singing in an audition, do you prefer a 16 bar cut or just an audition cut or a full song? I think 
think a 16 bar cut sometimes is, is a bit um I feel like I'm just a bit aggressive and just going and shouting their face I don't really like doing that but sometimes that's what they want so just gotta like cringe and do it but I I think I prefer an audition cut to like a minute and a half I think a full song I start feeling bad that they have to sit there for four minutes and listen to me so I think that mid the midway option I agree with you there sometimes if you've got a mid late as well or an instrumental oh, oh I think the worst one I ever had and I can't even say what what show it was for was um <laughs> I sang endless love right I just want to say okay it was like 10 years ago and I did the whole do 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 do, do and they didn't stop me oh and my it was like it honestly, I, I, I'm actually, I've got to move on because I'm cringing. And by the time I got to the, oh, and I, I was like, oh, and I, it was horrendous. Honestly, and I was using so much vibrato that it was embarrassing. Can't believe I took that as my pop rock option. Anyway, we moved. Speaking of pop rock. Do you prefer to sing legit musical theatre or pop rock? I think it depends what mood I'm in on the day. Because sometimes, um, I feel like in college, I would have I would have said a hundred percent pop rock because I used to be like, oh, I don't don't think I can do legit. I, I don't, don't like legit, and then I ended up doing carousel. Doing <laughs> carousel. Um, I was meant to do carousel when it was earlier on, but obviously because of COVID, it ruined it. So it was a lot closer to college originally. So I think at, at the time I was like, what the hell? Like, why am I doing legit? Um, but as I've gotten older and I think my voice has changed a bit, I actually think I would sway more towards the legit side now. So probably legit now. Do you prefer singing your own material or theirs? Definitely theirs. I spend too long sitting there going, oh, well, they might want to hear this or this is to this or that's to that. And then you end up just, I end up just going in with like a wacky choice. And then they probably think, why have you brought this in? But it's because somewhere in there, I've wrote a dissertation about why this song is good for this show, but they don't care. They just want to hear a song. So I definitely rather them just be like, here's a song, sing it. And that's it. Mm. And then you're in the room or the waiting room thinking, oh my God, what was I thinking? Everyone else has bought like a little (laughs) pop number and you've got something from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Endless love, endless love. Chloe and I have just established in that game that my worst audition ever, Dance Wise, was also her worst audition ever. So that's made me feel Mm -hmm. a lot better about my life because she is (laughs) a fabulous dancer. So can we just appreciate if she thought it was bad, how I was feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So I've got so many questions I want to ask you. As a dancer, how do you cope with a dance audition like is there a tip you have for picking up choreography or is there a place you stand in the audition room that you think is best for you what what's your like overall tip for a successful dance call um 
I have to, it's probably just a habit, but I have to stand at the front. Um, that I've just been like that since a kid. Otherwise, I can't, my eyesight's not the best, but I refuse to get contacts. I don't know why. So I can't actually see when I'm at the back. Same. same. I have to be at the front. And then, yeah, just look for so much detail and just try and keep calm and like in my head, once they've taught something, be going over it in my head so that I'm one step ahead when they say, okay, let's run it. I've already run it in my brain. But yeah, just being super prepared, I think. Do you prefer to know the panel or perform for strangers? I think like early on in the rounds, it's nice to have a familiar panel. But I think as the rounds go on, the pressure builds up and you start thinking, oh, well, I don't want to let so-and-so down when it's so long down the road now. So I think when it gets to the end, I'd rather a whole room full of strangers than two familiar faces. So I think it changes as the process goes. Do you prefer, we've kind of touched on this, a group audition or one-to-one? One-to-one. <laughs> that would be so intense. <laughs> I've actually had that before. The most, in- the most it's awful so intense. thing. It's so intense, yeah. isn't it? Because it's just oh. like, where do you look? Yeah. No. Look at them. It's never yeah, awful. And then I end up looking at the ceiling. <laughs> I'm singing. <laughs> oh, oh awful. Um, I think I prefer um a panel and and me, but obviously if it was a dance one and they and it was like dancing on your own, I think that would just be horrific. So <laughs> Defo would rather sing on my own, but dance in a head, <laughs> not on my own. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite combo in a dance audition? Is it three, four? Or a big group of you? Do you like a smaller group to perform with? Yeah, I think maybe like a four. And then you do a little switch so you can have another go. I think that's nice when they do that little switch thing. (laughs) (laughs) When you're at the back and you're like, you can copy the two people at the time. That's great. (laughs) But then when they go, Harry, man, I step forward. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Okay, fabulous. Let's talk about... Erdang, let's talk about your training and what it was like. Start at the beginning. When did you audition and was it your top choice out of drama schools? So when I left high school, I went straight to a, a, like a performing arts school in Liverpool. It's called Merseyside Dance and Drama. And then at the start of my second year of that, I auditioned for Erdang because my plan was to, after three years of that college, then go to Erdang. Um, basically, long story short, Erdang then offered this random six-month course called AVT. And it was free and it was like a, we were basically guinea pigs for this tri- uh, this course. And it gave me the UCAS points to get onto a degree, which I wouldn't have had from my old college. Anyway, so because of that, I then went to Erdang and I didn't really audition anywhere else. Um, Because I kind of missed the boat and I wasn't really, I just kind of was not really bothered about the whole drama school thing. I was like, oh, I love Erdang, so may as well just stay here. Mm. And I I auditioned for Mount View and I liked it there, but I just didn't feel right there. Like I just, Erdang just felt very me and I really loved it. Erdang has the most beautiful ballroom as well. And it's not called oh, the ballroom. What is it called? It's absolutely Finsbury, Finsbury Town Hall. It was so cool. Yeah. 
So um, you mentioned just briefly there that after high school, you went and, and trained in Liverpool. We love Liverpool. Um, <laughs> you went and trained there um, for a couple of years. Was performing and dancing and singing something that you always wanted to do from a very young age? I think it, I've always wanted to do it because I just went, I went to a dance school from when I was like four, but I just used to go for fun really then. I, I didn't really think, oh, I'm, to be honest, it just used to be not, wasn't that great I just used to go and have a laugh and go the calf with the girls from, <laughs> from dance that was like my Saturday um but then I started going to youth theatre in Liverpool the the Empire Youth Theatre I actually like remember the moment where I was like this is so cool and this is what I want to do we were doing Annie and I like I think it was like 13 or 12 I must have been 13 and I like threw a pillow up to the top of the Empire stage like and I just was like, this is so cool. Like I'm literally playing and this could be like what I do for my job. So from then on, I think I wanted to do it. And then in high school, I was just so stubborn. Like my Spanish speaking exam, I was just like, me amo, Chloe, I love to dance. That was like literally all I used to say. I didn't even like try and learn anything else because I was so stubborn. So I kind of set, I was very set on it, yeah. And what a great place to grow up in, Liverpool. Obviously, so much music and culture and theatre here. I mean, to be able to go and do youth theatre at the biggest theatre in Liverpool must have been so influential. Amazing that you had that opportunity, because I think there's a misconception that London is the place to go. Certainly when I was growing up, it was like, yeah, if you want your kids to do this, you need to go to the West End. But there's this amazing theatre culture up here in Liverpool and I mean you've got the Playhouse the Empire oh you've yeah got the um Epstein you've got the Playhouse there's so much yeah. street theatre there's so many theatres here so that must have been incredible to have have grown up around and obviously when you were at high school and you were thinking of you know what you were going to do next what was the school encouraging because I find that everyone that says they knew what they wanted to do their school life uh, seems yeah, to they, sound the same where the teachers are like, yeah, but you need a plan B or really you should study something else. Was that something that was yeah. happening with you at school? Uh, with with the like academic teachers, yeah. But my, the school that I went to was absolutely huge and I, I despised school. Like I hated it. So I just, I, I didn't really care what any of the teachers said because I just, I just didn't want to be there. So. Yeah. I didn't really take anything that they said as useful. I just kind of listened to my, my family and they were always saying like, you can do it and always supporting me and like my dance teachers and people who I like actually felt I could trust and listen to. I, I did. So school didn't really support the idea, but hey, ho. <laughs> Look at you now. And I know plenty of teachers personally that are so supportive of the arts and there will be teachers out there that will be like, I've championed Jodie Coma. I told her to go yeah. and do it or something like that. But it does tend to be one of those pipe dream um, oh, subjects. Yeah. I feel they, they see that as, obviously I don't see it as that because it's my bloody yeah. job. Imagine I thought that about <laughs> the arts. Yeah, it's a pipe dream. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Erdang itself. How was your time at Erdang? Oh, it was so good. Each year had its own like, thing like they didn't really blend into one first year was just quite scary and like this they still had the x-factor auditions there and you'd see all these people and I'd just be like oh my god like why am I here and then second year was 
so much fun. I feel like I really came into myself in second year. Um, and then you get tracked. So um, that was, I feel like that was really helpful. You get put onto like singer focused or dance focused or um, whatever. So yeah, I felt like that was really cool because then it became like four little mini colleges then rather than this big school. So it was great. And third year was just the best. It was just too short. It was cut too short, but it was so good. And what does that mean to anybody who doesn't understand what getting tracked is? What would that mean for you? What area were you tracked for? Was it for singing? Uh, yeah, so they basically put you off into different routes. So there'll be like the singer group, the dance group, and then the triple threat group. But the triple threat group was often really big. And I just, when I had my meetings, like with, with the principals and stuff about where you decide where you want to go, I just said, can I please be put on the singer track? Because I really want to make that my like thing and like make everything even. Like I didn't want to do the track that I felt that was already strongest at. So I wanted to like even out my skills. And then the triple threat one, it just, I don't know, it just, it can kind of become a bit wishy-washy. So I just, I was just a bit stubborn with what I wanted. And, and yeah, it worked out, worked out well. I went on the singer track and it was great. So for anyone listening who's thinking of studying at Erdang, would you say, Chloe, that when you're tracked in a particular discipline, like singing for yourself, are all your lessons then focused around that one discipline? Or do you still have to do all three disciplines? It it actually is. Everyone kind of does the same lessons because it all has to be near enough the same because um, of like the, the degree, like you have to do so many hours of so many things. So it wasn't too different to to say the dancer track it was just more the people you were with they were just more like-minded I think that's the only difference I think because you still did loads of dance I think it was more for the people you're with like how you can develop with similar people I think that was why they did it and I don't think you've been stubborn you've mentioned you've been stubborn twice now I don't think you're stubborn (laughs) I think you are focused I think you know what you want or what you need to do I think it's really mature of you at college to be like no I want to work on this discipline and it's it's really important to have that so it's like ambition more than stubbornness let's play a little game called have you ever so have (laughs) you ever auditioned for your dream role not my I think my dream role would probably be Molly and Ghost and um not not properly no just in college um I think I have quite a few dream roles um I auditioned for one and I was so close I was on hold and I didn't get it actually twice so yeah I have and never quite never quite got it but you never know could happen one day oh that is hard being on hold yeah now, once you've been on hold, do they make you audition again the next time? Yeah, yeah, from scratch. Oh, my God. I think it's really unfair that they put you on hold and then they make you audition again. Oh, um, brutal. Brutal. And is it the same audition process each time? Are they the same dances, the same songs or what have you, same material, or is it different? Uh, this one was, yeah, it was, it was all the same. That's a bit but, yeah. nicer than doing something completely different. Yeah, um, I've been in for like finals and then the next time being cut first round. Tell me how that works out. 
Oh. So we have established that Chloe has auditioned for her dream role there, but in college. <laughs> so we need to we need to put it out there. We need to put it out there. I think that's so interesting about being put on hold, though, because we don't actually talk about my next question is, have you ever got to finals? I wish mm. we could put on our CVs, got to finals I for know. this, got put on hold for this because it's such an achievement, but we don't talk about it. How do you deal with getting that far and then getting a no? I think um, it never gets like easier. You think you'll get used to it, but I'm quite like if I'm up, I'm up. If I'm down, I'm down. Like I'm very like that. So when when I'm like so excited about something, I, it's like my everything. Like I, I'm so excited. And then when when they take that from you and go, no, actually, you haven't got it. It's like it's like a breakup. I always feel like it feels like I've I've like broke up with someone. Like it's the same pain. But then you could get an audition through for another one and you're like yeah I'm fine like it's just it's so weird I think the only way to get over it is to just keep your chin off and and then like look forward to the next one and just hope another one comes to take your mind off it and then you forget about it and at least you know <laughs> that you're good because you keep getting so far in in rounds I think that although it's obviously it's not going to pay the bills and it's you know it, it's it's soul destroying sometimes that you're so yeah. right you almost grieve a role sometimes but mm. at least you know for yourself that you've been able to to go that far and that team have invested their time in you and you've invested your time yeah. in them and I think well, you've got I, to try and think that way when they say no you haven't got it it can be like oh well I'm not I'm not good enough and then you go down that whole of thinking like that and but you've got to flip it on its head and think like what you just said yeah and I really want you to be in that show that you've been on hold for because <laughs> you'd be amazing oh I've got like a list of shows I want to see Chloe in um, <laughs> have you done any television auditions not loads I think I've done like a couple self-tapes for things but I never do well on a self-tape um I don't really I hate doing them I really hate doing self-tapes so I've never done one in in person I would love to do that that's my like absolute idol is Jodie Comer who you mentioned before um and yeah she's just goals so I, I would love to do some sort of tv audition just to see what it's like because it, it's such a different world isn't it apparently so yeah. yeah yeah would love to but putting that out there as well <laughs> and being a being a recent grad um I hope you don't mind me calling you that because obviously you've been working in the industry for a couple of years now, but as in being someone who's graduated within the last few years, more likely that you're going to know people in the audition room compared to somebody who's been in the industry for 22 years. And a lot of people have either dropped away from the industry or, you know, they've got families and they're like not auditioning at the moment. Do you find you end up auditioning with a lot of friends from college still? Um, Sometimes. Yeah. But, I feel like I see more people who from like different auditions, like you make friends in auditions and then you see them more. Um, I don't see too many people from college. I see them like sporadically, but Erdang's so big. Like Mm. um, you you forget who, who even went to college. It's just such a huge college. It must be hard auditioning with friends, you know, who you've trained with and then you go up for the same role. That must be hard in that situation so it's probably quite nice that you haven't as much you know Mm -hmm. and COVID might have affected that as well yeah changing careers 
Now, I know you're a great actress. So have you ever auditioned for a play that has involved no singing or no dancing? And if not, is that something you'd like to do? Um, no, I've never auditioned for a play. Um, I would like to. I'd, I'd love to do like a, a proper Liverpool play because I find it so frustrating when you're watching something on the on the telly and it's meant to be set in Liverpool and then you, you can just hear that it's so off the accent. Mm. I just It's just painful for, for my ears. So I'd love to do that. I'd like to try everything, just see yeah. see what's what. Just, just say yes to anything, really. Have you ever been given a role and noticed that I have spelt role like a roll of bread, like a bread roll? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been given a role without auditioning? I forget. <laughs> um, without auditioning? Yes. Uh, no, no. I've recently just done one audition and then got offered the job, which was just like such a shock. I didn't, I was like, what the hell? I haven't even like done enough for it, surely. But um, I think it's, that was because I, uh, I, you know, you get to know different people. But I feel like that happens when you become more established, but definitely not yet. I, I um, That would be amazing. Imagine that. It won't take you long. It won't take you long at all, especially with all these amazing credits. So we're going to talk now uh, a little bit about audition stories. So I'd love to know if you've got a good, a bad, a hilarious story. Um, You just mentioned there that you just had one audition and got the job which is absolutely amazing more of that please for Chloe Saunders <laughs> but do you have a memory of an audition that stands out to you at all um for my elf audition in the dance call um it this was the final dance round they said um okay so we're gonna do this routine but you're gonna run on from the sides on your knees so we had knee pads on because <laughs> it was for elf and um they're like yeah you're gonna run on from the side on your knees and you know, just improvise a bit, like just run on, like you're really excited to do some work for Santa. And um, I just don't know, I, these weird things always come over me in auditions and I just do random weird things. And I um, I ran on and we were like about to do like a like a kick line and on our knees and I was like, I learned this in the Moulin Rouge and just like screamed it at the top of my voice in this elf voice and the choreographer was like, Oh my god, this girl is so weird. And yeah, you must have liked it. I love that. Did it just come to your head? Yeah, just these weird things. It's when they say improvise, I get so carried away. And it's because I don't want to like dance or do something like that. So I just end up saying something stupid or like doing something dumb. Well, (laughs) I think they either love or hate. It's so funny. I I did that in an audition where I had to be sexy. And I oh. I mean, I cannot do sexy on tap. I literally had to join up with a girl to do like a sexy bit of improv together. Oh, yeah. no. So I threw out the fishing line and like tried to like... <laughs> <laughs> she jumped on me. And I think it just didn't go my way, let's say. Oh, I think they God. thought I was taking the absolute mick. But it was my sort of awkwardness of like, everyone was literally like all over each other yeah and yeah just honestly honestly um just in this section as well of audition stories did you get an agent straight from college 
Uh, so because it was in COVID, college kind of told us all to um, to like hold fire and don't email agents because it was all a bit up in the air. But I just thought like, what's the point in that? Um, so I just I just made a showreel and emailed every agent that I could think of. And um, it worked out quite well. I had I had like lots of meetings on Zoom and got to like choose which one I felt suited me. And yeah, I had a meeting with my agent who I'm with now. And I just love them. They were just so good and they're just fab. So yeah, I got it in COVID. So yeah, I was still in third year, but sat in my living room on Zoom. <laughs> Amazing. You were so proactive and went out and did that rather than just waiting. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, it wouldn't have been good to have waited. Because oh, obviously God. it was more than yeah. a few weeks, wasn't it, COVID? So you had like then yeah. a year bef- below you then graduating. Clever. Yeah, yeah it was it was different. <laughs> I bet. Well, different congratulations. Time. And have you found that you've ever had like a really stressful audition process or crazy audition process where you've been auditioning for multiple shows at one time? Yeah, in summer, just gone, I was doing Carousel in Kilworth, which is... Um, like Leicester way and there was quite a few of us in the cast who were just I don't know what had happened these like months whilst we were doing this job but it was just like auditions flying out of everywhere and there was like a handful of us that were just back and forth and spending all of our wage on train line um, and yeah. <laughs> getting to London it was chaotic like um yeah it that went on for like two months and it was crazy and then I didn't actually it was what it was a time I got to finals for a lot of them and I didn't get a job out of any of it and I was like I've literally just ruined that whole contract like by being stressed and learning stuff backstage when I should have enjoyed it and I didn't even get the job but it ends up working out but at the time it it can feel like the most stressful awful thing so secretly love it though I think <laughs> Secretly addicted. Secretly love it. Yeah. <laughs> secretly <laughs> addicted to the drama. Uh, yeah. Amazing though. I think that is the most insightful piece of advice. I think that's the phrase that you could give somebody listening who's thinking of becoming an actor or a dancer or a singer in the industry is that it never stops. No. You could be in a lovely job with a great cover track and you're in it for X amount of time, but you're still auditioning because as soon as that job finishes, you've got no work. And I think that's... Yeah, you've got to have such a strong work ethic to not be Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, well, I can relax now. I'm in a show because otherwise come closing night, you're like, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, it's mad. And with that in mind, I just want to link this section into what's next for you. So whether you have any future goals or future ventures or I know you probably can't tell us what you're going into or what you've got coming up exactly (laughs) but a little insight into um what we can expect from the gorgeous chloe saunders over the next 12 months oh um well i've got i'm doing a a show that's starting soon which will be really really cool it's like different very different to elf um (laughs) and um we're doing a cast recording for that as well um and then yeah, and then I'm not sure. I I, I would literally do anything. I'm, I love all kinds of shows. I'm so open to do absolutely anything. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Possibilities are endless. Do you think you'd ever consider going into choreography throughout your career with your dance background? 
Yeah, um, I think maybe um, the next job I'm doing, I'm dance captain. So it's the first time that I'll be thinking in that in that way and like um, having to use stage right and like, you know, be be that kind of brain. So if I, I suppose if I enjoy doing that, maybe that is something that I'll end up venturing into possibly. But um, yeah, I, I think I like the idea of casting things. In my head, I always like play the game of like, who would I cast that? Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe when I'm older, that's something that I'd like to do. Fantastic. Watch the space. The next Jodie Comer. <laughs> so this final section is all about advice. Chloe's advice. This is for graduates. <laughs> this is for people in the industry and also for covers. So I've got a couple of questions here. My first one is how do you get into work straight from college? Oh my God, I could not say the word college. Courage. <laughs> how do you have courage? Um, I'll ask that again. How do you work straight from college? Well, I think it's I think it's kind of like a bit of luck and a bit of if there's something that's right for you there, then it will work. But um yeah, I, I don't really know. I think you've just got to throw yourself at everything. The first thing I did from college was a chorus line and um, you had to write your own monologue for it. And I remember just being like, right, I'm just going to do what I think is funny and what I think's good in this monologue. And if they hate it, they hate it. But um, yeah, I've just got to put your 100% into everything and just be you. Don't try and be something that you're not because you think that's right just be you definitely and what is your audition top tip if you have one because you've obviously got a great success rate <laughs> um I just think 100% effort like and don't be embarrassed because everyone's too bothered about themselves not in mm. a selfish way but everyone's too busy going oh god like about themselves they're not even looking at anyone else so just focus on you and and yeah just just go for it I think and what advice do you have for covering a role I'd say get as much down as you can before um before the rehearsals if that's possible because I think rehearsals they just go so quick and then you're always like trying to focus on your own ensemble track and then it can kind of get lost in the woodwork you cover stuff and spring up on you so probably just try and be super prepared and and know your stuff wonderful thank you so much for today chloe i can't wait to see you in chicago one day which is honestly (laughs) what i'm putting out there to the universe every time (laughs) every time i see you like post anything about dance or you you know on stage i'm like that girl has got to be in chicago oh oh my god thanks harriet it would be amazing (laughs) um before we go please could you just say our last line of the show which is thanks that's all for today in your beautiful voice and thank you so much for being a great guest okay thanks that's all for today 